Welcome to Wow Wonders Why, a companion podcast to Smart Enough to Know Better. This episode is titled Cosmic Savannah. One of the best parts of doing this podcast is I get to talk to people from all around the world and basically ask them any question I like and then share it with you, our wonderful listeners. Dan and I have developed this platform over many years, and I like to share that platform where I can. And that's what I'm going to be doing in this episode of Why Wonders Why. Enjoy. Many of our listeners will dabble in science podcasts. I'm absolutely positive that you use us to begin with, and then you go off to bigger and greater things. Podcasts from the United States, podcasts from Europe, podcasts from Australia, probably podcasts from Asia all around the world, but I'm going to suggest that you probably don't have a podcast, any podcast from the continent of Africa. That's because we just don't hear a lot about Africa anywhere, anytime, it, it, unless something really bad's happening. It's really sad for, the, for our part of the world. So I thought I would try and fix that today by talking to Dr. Jacinta Del Hayes, an astronomer and lecturer from the University of Cape Town, all about her amazing podcast, The Cosmic Savannah. Hello, Dr. Jacinta. Hi, Greg. How's it going? Good. Thank you. So you work in Cape Town. I do work in Cape Town in South Africa. It's very exciting. But as I'm sure your listeners and yourself can hear from my accent, I am not South African. I am, in fact, Australian. So I'm actually from Western Australia, from Perth. And now I am a lecturer at the University of Cape Town in South Africa, as we said. And I've been there for nearly four years now. It's a very exciting place, very beautiful place, Table Mountain and these the ocean and uh, actually the most similar place to Western Australia, to Perth, as mm. I've seen anywhere else in the world. My father is South African, and he pointed out that Cape Town and Perth remarkably similar. Natural-wise, it's, yeah, yeah, it's amazing, actually. He explained how like the ocean currents work very similar here and all this sort of interesting things. But we won't go there. We won't get there. Uh, people should definitely go and visit Cape Town at some point and South Africa. It's a very beautiful place. All yeah, right. but fair warning, the water, the ocean is so cold. <laughs> <laughs> We've well, got nothing from Antarctica, I guess. It's sort of, yeah, it all just comes it's up. It's coming it? up. Yeah, it's coming oh. straight up from Antarctica. Yeah, oh it's similar God. to the water in Esperance in Western Australia, if you've ever been there. I've said, which no one listening to this podcast has, except oh, maybe well. maybe the Western <laughs> Australians. Everyone should go to Esperance. is amazing. Esperance, if you want to surf, then definitely go to Esperance. Uh, just watch out for the sharks. Should I say that? No, I should say that. Yeah, yes. yeah. There are quite a few large sharks. Anyway, moving on, though. So, Dr. Jacinta, what's your area of study? So I am a radio astronomer and I study the evolution of galaxies. So having a look at how galaxies change and evolve since they formed shortly after the Big Bang until now. And it turns out they've changed quite a lot. That's fantastic. And what instruments do you use to study these sort of things? These, must, these are ridiculously distant objects, ludicrously distant. Yeah, exactly. In astronomy, there are you can have telescopes that can be sensitive to all of the different parts of the electromagnetic spectrum. So the different wavelengths of light, obviously, we've got optical, which you can see with your eyes. You've got infrared, like the James Webb Space Telescope that was launched recently. I'm sure many uh, listeners have heard about that. Oh, so exciting. So (laughs) exciting. And then all the way at the long wavelength end of the spectrum is radio. I'm going to say the best part of the spectrum. Well, I, I agree but I don't want to be too biased here. <laughs> Everyone talks about x-rays and gamma rays, you know, yeah, whatever. whatever. The other side is where it's all happening, <laughs> yeah, people. exactly. Listeners may be familiar with the fact that there is a, going to be a gigantic 
radio telescope built. It's a global mega science project and it is called the SKA telescope, which will be built partly in Western Australia and partly in South Africa. And so in preparation for that, there are sort of these testbed telescopes, pathfinder telescopes, they're called. Uh, There's ASCAP and MWA in Western Australia and over in South Africa, there's Meerkat. Which is um, the best name. It's such a cute name. I love it. um, Obviously, South Africa, Meerkats, that's a whole thing, I assume. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Can I ask what Meerkat stands for? Well, so CAT, K-A-T, stands for the Karoo Array Telescope because it's built in an area called the Karoo, semi-arid region, and there are meerkats there. And then Mia actually means more in Afrikaans. Yes, so it originally was uh, just a few dishes, I think, 16 perhaps or even fewer than that and then it was expanded into meerkat with 64 dishes and then so it's more cat so that's so it works on multiple levels that's great yes so many levels (laughs) i'm i'm very very against certain acronyms like acronyms nested acronyms and and oh yes that doesn't seem like a forced acronym so well done on that Uh, (laughs) well it wasn't me but thanks (laughs) i will pass pass on my uh my congratulations (laughs) to the people who built meerkat i'm sure they really need to know and but you don't need to come on to silly podcasts like mine to discuss uh, space you have your own podcast well I do have my own podcast I wouldn't say yours is silly but I oh, do have kind. my own it's uh, it's called the cosmic savannah and I'm half of that and the, um, the other half is uh, Dr Daniel Kanema who's the public engagement astronomer at the South African Astronomical Observatory and we've been friends for a long time and both of us are absolute podcast obsessed <laughs> <laughs> yep. for a long time and we also noticed sort of what you said as well is that there weren't many that we could find that were coming from the African continent mm. it turns out that there are actually quite a few and particularly the podcasting scene Nigeria is quite large and South Africa is kind of getting there and so it's kind of a process of kind of going and finding those Mm. but we wanted to create one that was about the astronomy and astrophysics in Africa and from a professional astronomer's point of view but for the public you know because Mm -hmm. we can get the behind the scenes we can get the you know we we know what's going on access (laughs) secret access oh wow it's so cool to be able to give a voice to people who otherwise wouldn't have one or wouldn't necessarily know how to get access to one and of course like once you do that like you just like this is amazing these people have such incredible stories are so such awesome people such awesome researchers and yeah it's just it's really an honor to be able to share their stories with everyone so Jacinta has created a package a little snippet of one of the podcasts one of the cosmic savannah episodes that's just recently come out so it's hot off the press recently baked all the other metaphors for new things (laughs) and uh, we'd like to share it to you now would you like to to give some context for this one Jacinta yeah sure so this is a a special one because it's our 50th episode which we're very I mean I know you guys are veterans of podcasting (laughs) you've got many more than 50 episodes but for us this is really exciting so we wanted to do something special the episode is called titans of astronomy this is someone who is a real titan of South African astronomy. His name is Dr. Bernie Fanarov. And as you'll hear in the in the excerpt that we've put together, he is just such an amazing person with such a rich history. He was there in Cambridge while he was doing his PhD, while the Big Bang debate was raging. Uh. <laughs> it was, and he just tells that story in the podcast. It's not part of this excerpt, but if you want to hear the rest, you can go and have a listen to that. And he tells his stories. He tells us how there was this computer that was called Titan, hence the name of the episode. And, you know, he's telling us how you had to like kind of almost draw things by hand, things that we can do hundreds of 
thousands of times a second now, how it was a lot kind of in some ways slower, but more exciting almost because mm. this is the first time that you had these radio telescopes that could see these details. You had blurry vision and suddenly you put on these really amazing glasses and you could see mm. the universe in crisp detail. And so he tells us all about that. I hope your listeners are interested. And if they'd like to know more, they can search for The Cosmic Savannah on any podcast platform. Well, it's everywhere. The whole, the whole jam. Can't um, escape. <laughs> yeah. And you can find us on our website, www.thecosmicsavannah.com. We'll put and the link in the show notes we, humans have been doing astronomy now like indigenous australians for thousands of years but modern astronomy sort of kind of well, well i have got to say 400 years with the telescope but even before that people were doing what we'd call modernist like Tycho bray and 400 years was optical astronomy with telescopes but radio astronomy is is in a human lifetime it's 70 years or so so all these people all these great people that you're talking about are some of them are still alive and, and doing amazing science still and we can access them so i'm very excited to to share this excerpt with our listeners with one of the greats one of the big names who they probably haven't heard of and but definitely should have so thank you Jacinta for your time oh thanks so much for having me welcome to the cosmic savannah with Dr. Daniel Kahneman and Dr. Jacinta Delhaze. Each episode, we'll be giving you a behind-the-scenes look at world-class astronomy and astrophysics happening under African skies. Let us introduce you to the people involved, the technology we use, the exciting work we do, and the fascinating discoveries we make. Sit back and relax as we take you on a safari through the skies. Welcome to episode 50 it's our big one, our 50th anniversary. Congratulations, Dan. <laughs> well, not 50th anniversary. We haven't been going for 50 years. You have to say congratulations it's to me too. our 50th episode. I'm just correcting you first. Okay. <laughs> As is my wont. <laughs> congratulations, Jacinta. Thank you, Daniel. <laughs> that wasn't fished for at all. <laughs> we have a very exciting episode waiting for you today uh, where we speak with Dr. Bernie Fanaroff, and often you say with these sorts of individuals, needs no introduction. But in Bernie's case, I'd like to do a long and detailed introduction on, <laughs> on what, what an amazing person Bernie is and what he's done for astronomy. Um, but first, just for any new listeners, just to give you a little bit of background about what we're talking about, we'll mention the Meerkat Telescope and we'll mention the SKA. So this episode is all about radio astronomy and the growth of radio astronomy in the world and particularly in South Africa. South Africa is home to one of the world's best radio telescopes called Meerkat, which I myself use for my work, as do many other people, and we've done quite a few episodes on Meerkat science in the last few seasons. And Meerkat is one of the Pathfinder telescopes that has been built around the world in preparation for a huge almighty telescope called the SKA, which will be built partly in South Africa and partly in Western Australia. And so Bernie was one of the people who were the driving force behind the SKA, particularly the South African bid for that. He tells us a lot of amazing stories. He's also one of the two originators of a particular classification system for radio galaxies. Bernie will tell us all about that um, as a result of all of those things. I am a massive fan of Bernie, so I'm very excited about this episode, as you will hear in my voice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you've done a lot of my intro already, but uh, I'll do it again for Bernie. <laughs> oh, sorry. 
Okay, okay. Well, sorry. Uh, let's just go into the interview and, and we'll just see what happens. <laughs> let's hear from Bernie. All right, so today we're very excited to be joined by Dr. Bernie Fanaroff. Uh, Bernie, welcome to the Cosmic Savannah. Thank you very much. Hi, Bernie. Great to have you here. It's great to be here. So just to introduce you to our listeners, Bernie uh, has a list of achievements which will take up uh, the entire podcast. So we'll just name a few, if you'll allow us, Bernie. Sure. Okay, so Bernie is a world-renowned radio astronomer who, while working on his PhD in the early 70s in collaboration with a British astronomer named Julia Riley, made a breakthrough in the classification of radio galaxies, which is actually called the Fanaroff-Riley classification. And this is used to classify radio galaxies based on the radio luminosity and shape of their emission. But in addition to that, Bernie is dedicated to making South Africa and South African astronomy stand out in the global community. He was the project director for the South African Square Kilometre Array bid, uh, the successful SKA bid, and leading the team that landed the biggest global scientific project in Africa, and also led the way in the construction of the Career Array Telescope, which then developed into the Meerkat Telescope. Bernie's achievements have been recognised with an array of distinctions, including seven honorary degrees, his election as a Fellow of the Royal Society, the Carl G. Jansky Lectureship, a National Research Foundation Lifetime Achievement Award, as well as South Africa's highest honour, the, the Order of Mapungubwe in Silver, for his contributions. And on top of that, you're a really nice guy, aren't you, Bernie? Well, it's kind of you to say so. I do my best. <laughs> <laughs> Of all of this, Bernie, I'm just dying to ask you about radio galaxies because that's my particular field of research. So often in my work, I cite the FR1 and FR2 galaxies, which are called Fanarov-Riley 1, Fanarov-Riley 2, named after yourself and your PhD supervisor. So I was wondering, Bernie, if you could just tell the listeners briefly in your words, um, what are radio galaxies and why are they interesting? Sure. Let me just correct you, though. Uh, Julia was a fellow student my supervisor was Malcolm Longer. Okay, thank you for correcting us. Julie and I both started in 1970 at the Cavendish Laboratory. It's a very long time ago. That's even more awesome. <laughs> well, let, let me give a little bit of history. As uh, your listeners may know, in the 1930s and then in the 1940s, people started to discover radio radiation from the sky, which they quickly identified as coming from the universe. After the Second World War in the 1940s and the early 1950s, a lot of technology was developed for radar, which was appropriate for the study of this radio radiation from the sky. And I happened to arrive in Cambridge just at the right time. The principle of how to make very detailed pictures of the radiation from the sky had been developed in several places, but one of the leading thinkers was Martin Ryle, who was the head of department in Cambridge, and he and his team had developed what they called earth rotation synthesis, where you use a number of fairly small radio dishes and you link them together and by doing that, you can make very detailed pictures of the sky. So I was lucky that for the first time, 
we were getting really detailed pictures of radio galaxies. So what is a radio galaxy? What we now know is that almost all galaxies, and I'm sure, Jacinda, you know more than I do about this, have a supermassive black hole in their centres. And supermassive means millions or billions of times the mass of our sun. And these black holes are almost all rotating and they seem to have a disk of gas and uh, dust around them. And that fuels, uh, falls into the black hole, a bit like water going down a sink. And in a manner that I don't understand, and I'm not sure anybody really understands clearly at this point, these black holes then have a tendency to spew out energy in opposite directions along their poles. So to get two jets of energy coming out of the area around the black hole, you also get a lot of radiation, but the majority of the energy in some of the radio galaxies comes out through these jets. And in the jets, amongst other things, there are electrons which are traveling at very close to the speed of light and the bulk motion of the jets in many of these uh, galaxies also seems to be very close to the speed of light. So as the electrons in these jets push out into the gas in the galaxy, they sweep up magnetic field, and they've got some magnetic field with them tangled up to start with. And what we know is that electrons, which are traveling close to the speed of light in a magnetic field, emit radio radiation, so what we saw with the one-mile telescope and the five-kilometer telescope was a picture of radio emission which looked a bit like a dumbbell. So on either side of the galaxy, there was a big blob of radio emission. And of course, as we got more detail, they didn't just look like blobs anymore, so it wasn't a dumbbell. We could actually see that they looked like lobes of radio emission. And why I say I was in the right place at the right time was that Julia and I were able to start classifying what these lobes of radio emission looked like because we were really lucky to have the first detailed pictures of that emission. So it was really a case of being in the right place at the right time. A cheeky question. How does it feel to have something named after you? Well, it was a bit surprising, actually, because at the beginning of 1974, I came back to South Africa. And in 1976, I left academia, left astronomy. And as I said, I only came back into the project at the beginning of 2003. And soon after I joined the project, we went to a meeting in Australia in Geraldton. And one or two people said to me, are you the Fanroff of Fanroff Riley? And... This was actually news to me. And they said, we thought you were dead. We heard you'd been, we heard you'd died because nobody's heard anything of you since, you know, 1974. So I said, no, I haven't died. Uh, and it is me. Uh, but it was all a bit of a surprise. <laughs> oh, so you didn't know that for decades people had been calling this classification system, the, the Fanarov-Riley system, and, and you didn't even know? I wasn't following the literature. I didn't have access to the <gasps> journals. So, as wow. I say, it all came as a bit of a surprise. Wow. 
That's a very cool story. Wow, you were famous and you didn't know. <laughs> If you're interested in astronomy, then go and check out Cosmic Savannah. I think you'll find it quite informative and interesting. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, the last couple of weeks has been an interesting time here on the Smart Enough to Know Better comedy blimp. We'll give more information about that in future episodes. So. This is probably a good time to remind everyone that, that we're all human beings hanging on to the skin of a molten ball of iron flying through space on an endless spaceship ride to nowhere. And the only thing we've got are the each other. And so maybe we could just cool it with being dicks for a bit, shall we? And maybe look after each other for a while. Hmm. Just find someone that you can look after. If that person that you need to look after is yourself, that is also acceptable. Be excellent to each other, as our patron saint Keanu likes to say. And we'll see you in the next one. Bye. <laughs>